0: My name is Alan Carter. Let me ask you a question. Should we allow cameras in Canadian courtrooms? As you know, that is not uh, allowed in this country. Now, meanwhile, I don't know if you've been taken in any of the uh, Depp slash Heard libel trial south of the border. It continues to be uh, one of the highest rated on our website at globalnews.ca. Here's a little clip of Johnny Depp on the stand. I didn't want to fail. I wanted to try to make it work. I thought maybe I could help her. I thought maybe I could bring her around because the Amber Heard that I knew for the first year, year and a half, was not this, was not this, um, suddenly this opponent. That's Johnny Depp on the stand. Amber Heard is expected to take the stand on Wednesday of this week, and there'll be big, big viewership numbers on that. In the uh, Toronto Star, Sonia Verma is quoted. She is the Global News Editor-in-Chief talking about the rules with cameras in courtrooms. And Sonia, the quote from her is, the world has evolved since these laws were created, and it's worth taking another look. We are not sharing information that isn't already in the public domain. We're basically just amplifying it. Why shouldn't the public be able to see what is happening? Why can't you see what is happening in a Canadian courtroom the way you can in the United States? You know, for example, uh, the sex assault trial of Canadian musician uh, Jacob Hogart is set to begin today. Should you be able to see that? Should you be able to watch it? In Ontario, the Courts of Justice, uh, the Court of Justice Act prohibits photographs, video recording of court hearings. No recordings were allowed in courthouses. I can tell you, when I was a reporter, uh, you know, in court, I was at this long court hearing, and I was just doodling. I had my notepad, and I was just doodling away, and I got scolded by the judge for trying to draw a juror. I'm like, you're—that's not a recording. But that's just kind of the sense that you get in Canadian courts. Now, my next guest has had a bit of a change of heart about whether or not cameras should be allowed in Canadian courtrooms. Michael Spratt is a defense lawyer and a partner with AGP. Welcome to the program, Michael. Good morning. Uh, You've always said before that you don't want cameras in courtrooms. Is it time to change that?
1: Well, I think the pandemic has has taught us some lessons. I mean, we've been forced to have cameras in court as a lot of the proceedings have taken place over Zoom. And I mean, I've I've all I've never been a fan of the justice system as entertainment. I don't think that in the search for truth um, we should confuse that with, with the search for entertainment. At the same time, we have an open courts principle. And I think that it's time to expand the public's access to court. But I think we need to be really careful about going down sort of this American path about allowing, you know, a, a sort of a wild west of broadcasting because there's some huge drawbacks with that.
0: The, the drawback that you would see would be a prejudicial to uh, the court process?
1: Yeah, there's a there's a number of things. I mean, imagine being um, a sexual assault complainant or someone who's experienced violence in the community or a witness to that violence in your community. And, you know, the the thought of coming forward to, you know, report allegations or to report being a witness to something terrible, um, you know, having that broadcast on court TV and, and on YouTube for everyone to see and disseminate and clip and share. Um, that is a, a huge barrier. Apart from that, I mean, there's, there, there is the fact of, of human behavior that when we know that we're being watched and we know that that is being widely disseminated, that can change uh, how people react, uh, how people uh, present themselves and the quality of evidence in court. And then, of course, there is the danger um, if we're allowed to uh, sort of have have no rules like like in some places or in most states um, with the broadcast and dissemination of, of this sort of information, how that impacts fair trial rights, how that impacts um, what subsequent witnesses may testify to. Or if there's a retrial or a new trial or related proceedings, it could contaminate the court process. So these are these are issues we have to tread very carefully around.
0: I, I absolutely hear your point about uh, court as entertainment uh, and the dangers there. But on the flip side, there's a kind of ridiculousness that we've seen, like, for example, with the bail hearings for the organizers of the so-called Freedom Convoys in Ottawa. Those I w- was able to watch those online, but I was not able, even though I was able to, to watch that, I was not able to disseminate any of that on this radio program or on any of the television programs that I host. I wasn't able to show it to Canadians. And
1: isn't that, does that make sense? Well, I I think it does because it's, it's about balance. It's about balancing sort of those negative features of, of the dissemination um, with the public's right to know. And I completely understand the frustration that, that many in the media uh, feel about um, you know, access to documents about constraints on being able to communicate public information, and we do have an open court principle, and it is a privileged position to say, you know, anyone can come to any court and watch any proceedings if you can take time off work and if you can travel and if you don't have disabilities um, and if you can afford childcare. So I think that what we've seen, for example, in the the trucker bail uh, hearings, um, is that you know we can. Open up the courts to the public using um, digital technology, and at the same time balance that with restrictions on uh, dissemination and um, and you know social sharing of that information uh, to make sure that we can have the public uh, attend and see justice be done in our courts, and at the same time limit some of the the opportunity for that really insidious and, and poisonous uh, tainting of the process uh, that that can occur if we have you know these clips being shared clipped and disseminated widely as as we see in the US and and I'll just add that when you have like court TV and YouTube um you know our courts shouldn't be content factories uh for uh for these platforms and and people shouldn't be making money off you know the wheels of justice and and that's something that we need to think about too
0: I I totally follow what you're saying it's it's very nuanced I guess my optimism of any kind of change that would allow a little bit more openness runs square into an institutional secrecy in courts. The number of times I've, you know, been to the, you know, the court, the the either the courtroom or to the document section, and I ask for a public document and say, well, you can't have it because you're a member of the media. I was like, well, this is a this is a public document, and this happens over and over again. And and I mentioned at the beginning that. You know, it's governed by the Courts of Justice Act that prohibits any photographs or video recording. I mean, how optimistic are you that there will ever be any kind of change or loosening of the rules?
1: Yeah, the justice system is, is slow to change. I mean, for goodness sake, we we're still using, you know, fax machines until very recently and relying on, on paper documents. We still do in some cases. And the pandemic sort of forced us to, to you know, get with some of the modern times. So I think change is possible. Um, but it, the reluctance to, to release information, the reluctance to change, I think comes from a, 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 play, a well-intentioned place in the justice system. It's not some sort of you know, ancient star chamber where, where, where the justice system is trying to keep this information secret. It comes from a place that if, if it's done inappropriately, it can lead to very damaging consequences. Um, And it can lead to unfair, uh, unfair outcomes. And so there, there is a balance there. And I think that it's fair to say that that balance um, may not be um, historically um, done correctly. And I think that there are, is room to, uh, to modernize that and room to open it up. But I think at the same time, we have to be uh, very careful because sometimes when a genie's out of the bottle, um, you know, it's, it's hard to get, uh, get that back in. And when we're dealing with, you know, literal questions about life and liberty and freedom and the presumption of innocence, um, we need to be really careful that we get it right the first time.
0: Michael, great conversation. Appreciate your time today.
1: No problem. Anytime.
0: That's Michael Spratt, defense lawyer in Ottawa, partner with AGP.